The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast from the Galactic Network. Let's start things off with Peter Davidson, the fifth doctor. Now he's appeared recently at the MCM Comic Con uh, last weekend, I believe, where he also debuted his autobiography, Is There Life Outside the Box? An actor despairs. He discussed his mixed-race father and some of the prejudice his father faced in the UK. He details his own childhood and career. While happily signing autographs, Davison answered a few fan fan questions, including some for Blog to Who. Um, Was he ready to leave the show when Tegan left? Well, apparently not. It was the end of my second season and I felt like I wanted to go off and do other things. Among other things, this absolutely fantastic doctor, as I said, has produced a book. Uh, you should be able to use the Galactic Netcasts Amazon.com link. If you have a look at our website, click on Affiliates. I think that's where it's at. I can't remember. Sorry, Dave. You have a look. Buy it from there. I guarantee it will be a cracking read, especially when you work out who his, uh, who his daughter is. Oh, it's a... No? Shall I tell you? Georgia? Married to David. There we go. Well, you'll just have to buy the book and find out, won't you? On the 29th of October, 2016, Sophie Aldred, who played the Seventh Doctor's companion Ace from 1987 to 1989, attended the film and Comic-Con in Cardiff and spoke uh, to Blog to Who. Ah, Blog to Who again, eh? They're getting a little bit of... uh, well, a few links and clicks from me. Sorry, I'm rambling. I've had too much coffee. It's just that Ace is probably my favourite of all companions. I mean, who doesn't love a girl in a bomber jacket and a baseball bat? Anyway, she's been speaking about her character and the development from child to woman and her relationship with the Doctor Who uh, she starred against, Sylvester McCoy. Sophie also added that from November the 1st, she's launching a Kickstarter campaign for the epic two-part season finale of Strangeness in Space, which is a podcast. Now, normally I wouldn't advertise other podcasts on here, but when you work out it's Sophie Aldred and Trevor Simon, well, I mean, I've popped a link for uh, the series. If you like crowdfunded comedy space podcasts and really this is for you um this is basically my childhood so you know pay attention it's really good class the cast of class appeared the other day in the platinum theater at the mcm comic-con in london part of the event included the premiere of episode three night visiting the cast hadn't seen the episode yet and they watched it with pure joy dancing at the rocking intro song which I must admit is one of the best intros that I've ever heard for any song for any show the uh, they then did a panel featuring the young stars Greg Austin uh, Fadi El Syed Sophie Hopkins and Jordan Renzo and Vivian Opera along with writer Patrick Ness 
Um, what a show. It's received excellent reviews, even in the mail online, which is unheard of. It's a fantastic uh, little little show, and I hope you've been watching it and enjoying it. There will, of course, be a review of uh, the second one in the season, but um, that's going to come after A to Z. So if you've not been watching, because you can't, because you're in America, for instance, then when you get to A to Z, by all means, stop. But right now, I think what we need to do is look at... The Science of Doctor Who. Indeed, the science of Doctor Who. Now, a stalwart of any science fiction is teleportation, which in the Doctor Who universe is referred to as transmat. Now, teleportation or teletransportation is the theoretical transfer of matter or energy from one point to another without traversing the physical space between them. It's a common subject in science fiction, literature, film, video games and television. Since 1993, teleportation has become somewhat of a hot topic in quantum mechanics, namely state energy and uh, particle teleportation. According to science, however, it's not possible to teleport macroscopic objects such as, well, such as you and me, humans. But there may be teleportation in the microscopic world. Three possible kinds of teleportation in quantum mechanics and quantum electrodynamics have been proposed. State teleportation, energy teleportation and particle teleportation. In 1993, Bennett et al. proposed that a quantum state of particle could be teleported to another distant particle, but the two particles do not move at all. This is called state teleportation. There are a lot of following theoretical and experimental papers published, researchers believe... Quantum teleportation is the foundation of quantum calculations and quantum communication. In 2008, uh, M. Hotter proposed that there may be possible to teleport energy by exploiting quantum energy fluctuations of the entangled vacuum state of a quantum field. And in 2016, Y. Wei proposed that particles themselves could teleport from one place to another. This is called particle teleportations I think you'll agree that is particularly heavy stuff hauntings sky sounds parallel universes monster sightings the new world order ghost ships urban legends mysterious radio broadcasts and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on weird world weekly Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen. Find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. So I think we're going to stick with the Comic-Cons and um, we'll stick with Blog to Who. They seem to be writing quite a lot about Doctor Who of late. All the other channels seem to have dialed it down a little. Anyway, 
Blog to Who was lucky enough to sit down with, frankly, the totally awesome Rachel Slot Stott. I always say Slot. Uh, Rachel Stott. Rachel, if you're listening, I apologise. Stott is a huge Capaldi fan, so she's thrilled to draw his portrait for the comics. Luckily, she says, he has good eyebrows, which makes him a good subject. Now, last year, Stott appeared at the New York Comic Con in Artist's Alley with her beautiful portraits of the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi. This year, she appeared with Titan Comics as one of their stars. Stott, along with many other Titan talent, were on hand at the con to talk to fans, sign autographs and complete a hugely successful panel. If you are not familiar with her work, follow her on Twitter or on... um, I think she's also on Tumblr. She's she's absolutely amazing. She's a fantastic artist. And uh, she comes across as incredibly funny as well. Yeah, she's cute. You know, some people have it all, don't they? Anyway, uh, moving on. If you would like to try something a little bit different, then I think I've uh, found something for you, but only if you're brave enough to take on the Weeping Angels. It's a sort of late Halloween treat. The BBC have just launched the Doctor Who Don't Blink mini-game, which is a sort of, well, experiment for the BBC taster to see whether your webcam can successfully detect eye movements and be used as a game controller. They thought the Weeping Angels were a perfect fit for this. They're also interested in finding out whether you would enjoy more short, fun-branded mini-games. It's a fun game, but it's not for the faint-hearted. You're alone in the attic of an abandoned house, and the Weeping Angels are coming for you. The aim is to survive until the Doctor can send the TARDIS to save you. Sorry, I was going a little bit sci-fi survival guide there. Hmm. So here's a question, we'll stick with the TARDIS. How many TARDIS console rooms have there been? In all the series ever, all 53 years. Well, we know there's one with the the up and downy time router thing and the round things and the TV movie one and, well, there's that Eccleston, Smith, Tennant, etc. But how many have there been in total? Well, the answer might surprise you. Fifteen. I know. Fifteen, right? Well, come on. What's your favourite one? Follow the link in the show notes and let me know. You can email me. Tardis at gncasts.com I'd really be quite keen to find out. Mine, if you're asking. Well, I'm sure you were. It's the wooden panelled one from the Tom Baker era. I've always found it quite a weird... Little control room, the secondary control room, I believe he called it. Titan Comics and Humble Bundle have announced the launch of the Doctor Who Humble Comics Bundle. When purchasing the Doctor Who Humble Comics Bundle, in addition to furnishing your chosen digital device with a Doctor Who Comics Library, you'll be able to choose to donate any percentage of the bundle's retail price to the BBC's Children in Need Appeal which currently supports over 2,400 projects to help disadvantaged children and young people across the UK. The Doctor Who Humble Comics Bundle contains 70 Doctor Who comics. To find out more and purchase, visit the Humble Bumble Bumble website. Crikey, that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, 
The Doctor Who Humble Comic Bundle will be available for purchase from October right now to December the 9th. Um, as you know, Doctor Who is under license from the BBC Worldwide North America. But I've checked, you guys can you guys can access this as well. If you like if you're like me and you read comics on your on your tablet, this is fantastic. This is this is really, really good. It's worth having anyway. Now, it seems to be a perpetual question without a definitive answer. Should the protagonist of Doctor Who be referred to as the Doctor or Doctor Who? Now, considering that Doctor Who has been around for 53 years at this point, there should be a few things that we, we simply know. The Doctor, as you know, will eventually regenerate. We know that. He will have companions. We know that. And they'll come and go. His TARDIS will always likely be a blue police box. You know, all these things we know. Well, there's one item seemingly, well, seemingly the obvious with any show of such a duration. And that's... Is he the Doctor? Or is he Doctor Who? What's your opinion? I don't see... He's both. Because when I was little, littler, I should say, he was definitely Doctor Who. But now I'm older, he's the Doctor. I just don't know. I just don't know. Rather confusing, isn't it? Now I have some quotes for you here. Who do you think this is? Don't worry, I'll tell you at the end of the article. It'd be good to do a really horrible Christmas special and ruin Christmas for everyone. He told RadioTimes.com. If I was doing an episode, there's things you could do. I, I wouldn't say because, well, what if they ask me further on down the line? Before adding that taking on an episode would be quite a responsibility. I'd like to make a really scary episode, he admitted. I still like the Weeping Angels and all that. Yeah, that's what Charlie Brooker would do. We mentioned him last week. He'd make a really scary horrible Christmas episode excuse me dear BBC my name is Daryl aged 43 and I would very much like it if you could please get Charlton Brooker to uh, write starring direct an episode of your science fiction drama series Doctor Who oh please please do it that'd be really really good Many thanks for downloading this podcast from the Galactic Network. We have so much to offer. Maybe it's horror or adventure gaming. Perhaps you just like to listen to a couple of nerds geeking out. Well, if that's the case, then visit gncasts.com. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com. And have a good poke around. You'll be surprised what you find. Maybe you'd like to chat to the hosts. If so, then why not sign up to our Slack channel? Or simply you want to tell us what a great job we're doing. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Without further ado, it's time 
to Z. Now, before I start, remember, if you do not want to listen to a slightly spoilery edition of um, A Touch of Class, is, uh, is the, is the, is that's got a name. In my script, it's got a name. Um, it's my review of Class. If you don't wish to listen to, uh, to that after A to Z, then please feel free to terminate the transmission. Anyway, this week's A to Z. Uh, the monster is Lady Adrasta from the episode The Creature in the Pit from the planet Chloris. Lady Adrasta was the ruler of Chloris, a lush jungle world where metal in all forms was a rare and prized commodity. Adrasta gained power by holding the monopoly on the planet's metal. All of the metal came from the planet's only mine, the entrance to which was a pit that was guarded fiercely by Adastra's men. She was aided by Corella and the Huntsman, the latter controlling Adastra's wolfweeds. These wolfweeds had been grown in nurseries within the palace for her use. Unfortunately, she was a bit of a wrong'un. If you get a chance, have a look at Creature of and the pit the creature from the pit it's a very good episode anyway i don't i still don't have a jingle i promise i will do next week i will i will try better but let's go for a touch of class the way this review will work is as follows i will begin with a synopsis i will tell you the, what i thought with the good bits the bad bits and the most hoovian bit and then any notable things in way of a uh, review followed by my rating using the universal method that's right how many out of five tardises so the synopsis is as follows following the tragic events at the prom a devastated ram isolates himself from the other three as he struggles with his new reality desperate to hold himself together on the football pitch when he thinks he witnesses someone getting skinned alive, he's convinced he's cracking up. But when Tanya, Charlie and April are all confronted with the same thing, a horrific, monstrous, skin-peeling dragon, they know that they are under attack. The gang must pull together to fight against the monster and try and keep Coal Hill safe. The good bits. The show isn't afraid to shy away from the gore which is quite a satisfying thing but the bad bits yeah yeah that's the dragon okay the CGI model on sorry it was shameful it was it was rubbish it was pathetic but the most universal bit is the line okay so we came here without a plan. And I think that's the best that anything in the Hooniverse can do. You don't need a plan. You just make it up as you go along. So here are my musings. So the boy with one leg's feeling a bit rubbish after the prom and hasn't quite got his act together. And weirdly, he's a little bit phobic about blood. What with his girlfriend getting all squished in front of him. Weird, right? But that's okay, he's got a coach with a tattoo that seemingly eats people. So that's okay. What could go wrong, eh? I mean, I'm glad they addressed the whole why doesn't anyone remember thing. 
And I like that they sort of totally skipped over it in favour of the bumhole of time. I do wonder if every episode we're going to see Ram covered in blood. I do like that Miss Quill has a touch of the Sherlock about her. And Ram, when he wants to, has quite the speech. Although personally, I wanted to see Quill kick dragon ass. As long as she doesn't snog any more robots, eh? Although, what was it with the robots? Although, the hint about the governors. Excellent snippet. I do wonder. Does that mean the Chestertons? Well, I'll let you decide that. I'll be back next week with more from the Hooniverse. Until then, goodbye for now. Oh, I almost forgot. I may give this particular episode three whole stars. No, not stars. Tardises. Three Tardises out of a potential five. Have to do better than that, class. So will you, Johnston. Anyway, goodbye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.